Amen. So we are um, currently, this is the last Sunday of our series, which we called All About the Benjamins, and uh, where we are focusing for a few weeks on topics that were identified by folks early in the year when they said, these are the things that are most likely to keep them awake at night. And a lot of folks said there were concerns about money were a major issue with that. And so over the last few weeks, we have looked at a couple of things uh, in that direction. Charlotte, two weeks ago, talked about less is more. Took that scripture from Ecclesiastes, better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing the wind. And then last week, I talked about some stress busters where finance is concerned and um, focused on the, the verse in the book of Proverbs that reminds us that the borrower is the slave of the lender. And then today I want to talk about this. I call today, Tomorrow Matters. Because a lot of people said that what really keeps them awake at night is worrying whether they'll be able to make it in the future. How will I manage when I get older? What if I outlive what savings I have? I live on Long Island. I don't have a chance to put stuff away. Tomorrow matters. A lot of people are worried about that, concerned about that. And I want, to talk, I want to talk today about some of the things the Bible says about the future, and then I want to really at the end just talk about um, how you can know you have a guaranteed financial future. How about that? Do I sound like a prosperity preacher now? Right, because I'm not. I'm just going to tell you what God says in the Word. And here's the bottom line, folks. What God says is what we stand on. All right, what this book says we trust and we rely on. And what I want to just do uh, towards the end of the day is just remind you how we can be absolutely sure that we will be okay and will be taken care of until we breathe our last breath on earth and we pass into the presence of Jesus. It's got to happen because it says it in the book. Okay, so that's where we're going. But let's start, let me start with this. Okay, here's, here's the thing. This is a $100 bill. Don't tell my wife. All right, this is a $100 bill, and this is a penny. Now, if I was to say to you, you can have whichever you want, but let me tell you about the penny. It's a magic penny. All right, this penny will double in value for the next 30 days. Or you can have the $100 bill. Now, you're going to say, I'll take the $100 bill, because I'm not stupid. There's no such thing as a magic penny, right? All right, play along with me, though. Play along with me. That's a penny that doubles in value the next 30 days. That's the $100 bill. Now, off the top of my head, when I first started thinking about this, off the top of my head, it's like, I'll take the $100 bill. And then I did the math. Now, you can do this yourself if you want or trust the fact that I did it. I didn't use a calculator or a phone just for you young people, okay? I just used a post-it and a pen. And here's what you'll find. If a penny doubles in value for 30 days, at the end of the 30 days, it will be worth $5,368,381.44. See? Now, those of you who thought, I'm going to take the 100 bucks, you, you got gypped. Big time. Big time. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, right? 
Dig around in your pocket in case you get a magic penny, Fox. But the thing is this, when it comes to finance, if we're not careful, we live in the immediate and we think about the immediate without really planning forward. And, and you know what, there's, there's no way out that's a miraculous way out, but really what really needs to happen for a lot of folks is, is to make significant changes when it comes to finances. If you're sick and tired of struggling, the good news is there's truth in this book that can actually help you with that. You, you know what, when I, when, I, when I look at some of the teenagers we've got around here, and um, I look at our next-gen program and the fantastic work Faith is doing there with our teens and to see them growing in their faith. I am incredibly encouraged about the future. But there's one thing that makes me anxious about younger people growing up around us, and, and that is this. They've grown up knowing nothing but instant gratification. Hey, and a lot of us who left our teens a few years back, we've got very used to that as well. We've been spoiled with the now. Everything's now. Everything's available now. I mean, do you remember the days when you maybe had a favorite TV show and you'd watch it whatever night of the week it was, and then as it finished, it's like, oh boy, can't wait till next week to see what happens next? Do you remember that? Some of you younger people got no clue, right? Because now you watch it on Netflix. And as one finishes, it goes straight into the other one and straight into the other one. And you can spend eight hours watching the whole series and you know everything that happened. You don't have to wait any longer. If I want to get something, buy something, you know what? The worst case scenario is I've got to wait two days. Amazon Prime, right? But that's the worst case. I don't even have to go and look around stores to see if I can find it. I can, I can get it instantly. In fact, sometimes I can get it the very next day. We live in an instant society. We've been very conditioned to want things now and to get them now. So it's very difficult for some people to think about tomorrow except when they're lying awake at two o'clock in the morning. Statistics say that 76% of Americans live literally paycheck to paycheck. And uh, my thought is living on Long Island is probably more than that because of how much it costs to live here. But that, if that, that means that, you know, if, if they lost their job today, they couldn't pay the rent or the mortgage next month they'd be absolutely stuck. And, and I get that, and I'm not, you know, that, that's where life is at for so many people, and I appreciate that. And I know, you know, we've got single parents, and you're working like crazy, and you're raising your kids, and you're doing your absolute best, and you're struggling incredibly financially. I get that. I, I do get that. I get that because uh, we've been there as well. I was uh, talking to someone the other day and said to them, you, you know what, when, when I started pastoring in 1970, if you were to add inflation to what I was making then, when I started as a pastor, I was making $210 a week in today's money. 
That means if I did a 40-hour week, and I did a lot more, but if I was doing a 40-hour week, I was making five bucks an hour. It was hard to get by. We were married two years before we had a washing machine. We were married six years before we had a refrigerator. <laughs> you got no idea, right? You're thinking, how can you manage? It's amazing what you can do, particularly when you live in a colder climate. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we were married 20 years before we had a dishwasher. How do you manage that? You have children. <laughs> you train children. And then when one child goes away to college, the other child says, it's not fair. I have to do all the dishes now. And then you get a dishwasher. And then the child who went to college says, oh, I see you waited till I went to college before you got a dishwasher, because you can't win with your kids, right? That's part of, that's part of it. But I, 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 I get you, and I know that financially life's a struggle for so many people. And uh, anything and everything that we're saying in the course of this series, you know, I don't want to add to your burden. I want to I help you find some relief from the burden that you're under. The fact is, a lot of people listening to me today are not actually living that way. But the problem for a lot of folks is that they're not focused on the future. Listen, tomorrow matters. We build tomorrow's life today. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 20 tells us this, the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. The wise store up, fools gulp theirs down. The wise set some aside, fools use it all up. When we were starting this series, um, we put something on social media to say we were starting it, and uh, Charlotte was teaching the first Sunday in our All About the Benjamin series, and, and she made the comment, maybe at last I'll get to use my master's in economics. <laughs> And uh, that was something she'd studied right the way through school, and I guess she knows a thing about dealing with money. Well, I want to tell you this. Today, I get to use my high school French studies. Because when I was doing advanced French in my junior year in high school, they made us read all kinds of French literature. So we were reading all kinds of novels and plays, and we had to read the fables of Jean de La Fontaine. So here we are, and we're a bunch of, what, 17-year-olds, and we're having to read these fables, kids' stories, in French, and didn't appreciate it too much. But one of his fables, I still remember to this day, it was written as a poem. It's called La Cigale et la Fourmi, which means the grasshopper and the ant. And his story, the grasshopper and the ant, was really simple. The ant was incredibly industrious, and the grasshopper every day saw him going back and forth, carrying bits of food to his whatever ants live in. Nest, right? And the grasshopper used to watch him, but the grasshopper was out there, and he was just enjoying the day, and he was singing. Summer was his time and the ant was working. And then as winter came on, food was scarce. The grasshopper had nothing, and he went to the ant and said, 
please help me. And the ant, who obviously was not a Christian, said to him, you sang all summer, you can dance now. Which actually the Bible says too. It doesn't say you sang all summer, you can dance now. Here's what the Bible, here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 6, verse 6. You lazy fool, look at an ant, watch it closely, let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer, it's, it stores up food, and at harvest, it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed, a nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there, sit back, take it easy? Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life, poverty, your permanent house guest. So Solomon says, look what the ant does. The ant works all the time and it puts some away because the ant knows that tomorrow matters. And we need to remind ourselves that tomorrow matters. And one of the ways to deal with anxiety over our financial future is to really start to focus on tomorrow. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, Jesus told a parable that most of you are going to be familiar with. We call it the parable of the talents. It's about a man who gives to his servants certain amounts of money or whatever. So, he gives like five bags of gold to one, two bags of gold to another, one bag of gold to the next. And he says, uh, I want you to take good care of this and do what you can with it. And I'll come back at some point and check out how things are going. And he goes away and he comes back. And those of you who know the story, you know what happened. The guy who had five bags of gold, he invested it, he used it, and he made five more. And the master was really pleased. The guy who had two did exactly the same. The guy who had one was afraid that, uh, you know what, what, whatever he tried with it might not work. So he dug a hole and he buried it and he did nothing with it. And when the master came back, he said, uh, he said well, uh, I didn't lose any of it. And at the end of the parable, this is what Jesus says in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 25. It says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You've been faithful in a few things. You've been faithful with the bit I've given you. So you know what I'm going to do? I am going to bless you with more. Jesus is saying there, whoever is faithful with a little will be blessed with more. How do we deal with financial stresses? There are two ways to make money. One is you make money. The other is you make money, make money. You've got talents, all of you. you know, you've got talents, you've got abilities, you've got skills, and so you go to work and people pay you money. The second way you make money is you actually put some of your money to work for you to assure your future. But some people never, ever think about that because they are consumed with the immediate. Matthew 25, 16, the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. 
When you spend all you've got, it's gone. What if you spend most, give some, and invest some? Because if you invest wisely, you might actually multiply what you've got, and then you're going to have more. In fact, God may look on you and say, hey, that's a faithful person, and He's going to bless you with more. So how do you manage to have some to put back? Well, starts at the beginning. Live like less is more. Live content. Secondly, don't get into debt. The borrower is the slave of the lender. Now, most of you know me really well. I am not an investment specialist, right? I've got a brother who is, but I'm not him and he's not here. So I'm not an investment specialist. I am not a financial planner. I'm a pastor, hoping to get better at that too. But that's me. That, that's who I am. So I'm not going to tell you how to invest. I'm not going to tell you where to invest. That could be disaster for both of us. But I am going to say, if we want to get peace of mind about the future, a good first step. I'm going to say it again. This is the third week in a row. Financial Peace University. RamseySolutions.com. That is going to be a good starting point. Another good starting point is actually to talk to someone who is a certified financial planner. But I will give you today four thoughts from Scripture, because I can do that bit. I'll give you four thoughts from Scripture that I believe are really important. Number one, never invest in things you don't understand. So when, we, when, when I started pastoring, right, so we're struggling to make ends meet, and I see, a, I, I, I see an advert in the paper one night that says, need spare cash. Now, I didn't need spare cash. I needed cash to survive, right? So I need spare cash just a few hours a week. So I'm thinking, you know what, the board of this church that had called me to be the pastor, you know, they said, we're looking for a full-time pastor and here's the salary. So they, they want you to work full-time, but they, 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 they pay you less than a part-time wage. But anyway, that was the deal. I thought, you know, they wouldn't be too happy probably if they found I got a job, but I'm going to find out what the job is. So I call the number and it sounds fantastic. So I go, I go into, we live near the city of Newcastle in the northeast of England. So I go to this really nice hotel in Newcastle one afternoon. So I dress up to look the part because you did it back in those days. I got my suit on and my shirt and tie and I polish my shoes and, and I show up and there's, there's about a dozen of us in this room. And a guy comes in and does this fantastic presentation. And, and he takes us through this whole presentation, and it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And he tells me how much money different people have made at this, how many hours you've got to put in, which are not many. And, and actually, all you've got to do is you just make the initial financial commitment yourself to buy into it. And we went through about an hour of the presentation. And then he said, I've told you plenty about it. We're going to take a break. Then those of you who want to really push forward... We're going to go into the next room and start again. But before we do, how many anybody have any questions? I had a question. I said, what exactly is the product we're talking about? He said, oh, that's not relevant at this stage. 
He said, the main thing you've got to do is if you want to do this, you make the investment. And actually, you don't have to worry about anything. In fact, really, if you were to work on getting eight other people a month to join us, that would be all you'd have to do. Yeah, we didn't know they were called pyramid schemes back then. We do now. And I said, but what's the product? He said, uh, that's not a question we're going to deal with just now. We don't need to. You just need to get started and learn it as you go. I said, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing. So, um, so he said, um, this is good because I, I guess I was aggravating everybody else in the room. Or I wasn't aggravating them. I was like making them think. And he said, uh, you know what, Mr. Blackmore? I don't think this would be a good fit for you. And I said, I don't either. And thank God I, I left the room, you know. I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. Never invest in something that you don't understand. Here's what Proverbs 24 says. By wisdom a house is built. How? Through understanding it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. So if I don't understand it, I wouldn't get involved with it. Step number one. Step number two. My mother used to tell us this, don't put all your eggs in one basket. I had no idea what she was talking about. We didn't get eggs in baskets. But anyway, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 2, divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. There's a little bit more of advice from the Bible. Don't put it all in one place. Put it all in one place and that goes belly up and you're done. And then the third one, which is a big one, don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to. I, 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 there was somebody I know well who, who a few years ago was, was kind of really pressing me because he'd found this unbelievable investment opportunity buying gold in the Caribbean. And, and, and it was foolproof. And this guy had made X amount and Y amount and Z amount, and they'd made all this money. And it's like, this is worth taking money. This is worth borrowing money to invest in. You never borrow money to make an investment, dear Lord. But he's like, you've got to do this. You've got to. And I've heard folks, you know, I've had conversations with people who've tried to convince me that, that what they're going to get into is such an incredible thing. It's guaranteed success, Roger. It's absolutely a no-brainer. You know what? It, it means that I'm going to finally be financially free. And, and, and you know what? I'll be able to tithe in a big way to the church. And, and you, know, you know what? We, we're going to be able to get a vacation home. And we're going to be able to do all kinds of things. Stop it. It doesn't happen. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 9. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. If we get greedy, we're in a bad way. In fact, look at what it says in Proverbs 13 and verse 11. Wealth from get-rich schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Listen, there's a great plan to manage your finances. 
It's the 10-10-80 plan. I give 10, I save 10, and I live on 80%. I am blessed with 100% of what I got. I choose not to live my life totally centered on me, so I give 10%. I put back 10%, and then I live off the 80%. When we understand that tomorrow matters, we'll make changes today. And you won't solve tomorrow's problems while you're tossing and turning at 2 a.m. You'll solve tomorrow's problems when you get up in the morning and make some changes. So let me say a couple of quick things. One is, one is you may be in that season just now where all you can barely do is to pay your bills. And I get that, but I will say this to you, life won't always be that way. So remember these principles. The time will come when little by little then you, you can make changes. And then the, f- the fourth thing, and this is the major thing I really would love for you to take out of here today, is this. Don't fret over the future. Don't fret over the future. How do I know if I will have enough for when I get old? I don't. You don't. I don't know if I'll have enough for when I get old. I'll just stay young for as long as I can. I don't know if I'll have enough for when I get old. I don't know if what I've got saved is going to actually be enough to, 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 to actually mean I can pull from it. You know, what if I live to be 120 like Moses did? Hey, it happened in the book. But, but you know, what, what, what if I live longer than my savings live? Well, if you're afraid you're going to live longer than your savings live, or you're wondering what's going to happen when you're not working anymore, and how you're going to manage to get by, here we go. This is the Bible verse, two verses actually, that I want you to really get into your heart today and focus on, and I'd love you to like to take a note of and to remind yourself of this. Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4. Here's what God says. I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born, and I'll keep on carrying you when you're old. I'll be there bearing you when you're old and gray. I've done it and will keep on doing it, carrying you on my back, saving you. I want to say that again, and then here's what you might think about saying if you're remotely inclined. Amen. All right? So we'll do it again. Isn't that a fantastic promise? Isn't that a great… Hasn't God been carrying us on His back this far? Right? I mean, you know, we're not where we are today by our own effort totally, right? God's carried us and been with us every single step of the way. And this is the promise of God. And this is the one. You need to know this because you need to remind yourself of it and you need to remind the devil of it at 2 a.m. and then turn over and go to sleep. You need to get a hold of this one. This is… this. this like I said at the start, this is what's in the book. This is God's promise. So this has got to, you know, this has got to work. You can't ask yourself, is it, well, I don't know if it'll work. You know, it's got to work. It is the promise of God. If God's promise doesn't work, then actually his integrity is gone and the whole thing collapses. But what God says has got to work. Now, you know, if your memories is as 
as bad as mine, you probably won't remember that it's Isaiah 46, verse 3 and 4. But I will remind you, if you go to the Bible version app and you hit down the bottom right-hand corner, you go to more and events, actually the outline of this morning's teaching is there and all the scriptures that I have used will, are there in, in version. okay? Isaiah 46, 3 and 4. I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born and I'll keep on carrying you when you're old. I'll be there, bearing you when you're old and gray. I've done it and will keep on doing it, carrying you on my back, saving you. Isn't that good stuff? Isn't that great stuff? Okay, I'll give you another one in case you need a couple. Psalm 48, verse 14. For this God is our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. God will be with us. God who is our protection. God who is our comfort. God who is our provider says, I will be with you to the end. In Matthew 6, verse 34, Jesus said this. He said, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. That's God's promise. Whatever you might have done, here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. We do the best we can and we trust God for the rest. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's how faith works. I do my bit and then I trust God with the rest. 5,000 people are hungry. Jesus said to his disciples, uh, see if there's anything around that they could eat. And you know what they did? The best they could come up with was five loaves and two fishes. They did their best. Jesus did the rest. And if we will do our best when it comes to the resources, the finances that God blesses us with, if we will do our best with them, what we then do is we trust God to do the rest. None of us knows what the future holds. Dear Lord, there were, there, there were thousands of people who invested with Bernie Madoff and thought they were doing really well, and they lost absolutely everything. Genuine people, good people, lost absolutely everything. We do the best we can, and we trust God with the rest. Don't fret over the future. Don't fret over the future. You know, when, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in, in the wilderness, whenever the devil tempted him, Jesus came back by quoting scripture at him. And when you're being troubled and tormented, the best comeback is to quote the word of God. This God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. Tomorrow matters. I'll tell you the biggest tomorrow matters issue is this. And the question I want to ask you as I draw to a close is this. Forget your retirement, forget your old age. Where will you spend eternity? That's the tomorrow question that's more important than any. Where will you spend eternity? 
And the most important thing for you today is not to have X amount in a pension fund, however important that is. The most important thing is to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. And if you're here today, if you're watching with us online today, and you don't know Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and you don't know that your name is written in heaven, I want to encourage you this Sunday morning, make the most important investment in your future that you will ever make. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ and ask Him to be your Lord and your Savior. Let's pray together.